and hello everyone. Welcome to the weekly Yes And podcast. I'm your host, Travis Thomas. This is episode 112, Win Your Moment with Logan Poncho. And uh, this is fun. This is a fun, fun interview for me. And I wanted to turn around and get this uh, uh, posted and live as quickly as possible because I just interviewed Logan on Sunday night, uh, Sunday, November 11th as he and his Stanford Cardinal teammates get ready for the NCAA National Tournament for Men's Soccer. Logan is a sophomore at Stanford, he is a sophomore captain, and uh, he is a national champion. Stanford has won the national championship three years in a row, including Logan's freshman year last year. And uh, so they're repeating, uh, they are defending their title. Logan is a captain. And for me, this is a lot of fun because I got to know Logan going back four or five years ago when he was uh, in the residency program for the under-17 U.S. boys national soccer team. So I got to work with him and the other young men in that program, uh, which had Christian Pelusic and Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney and and all these other amazing guys who are either playing Division I soccer or playing professionally right now. And Logan was in this group, and he and I had some mutual ties to St. Louis, and so we would always talk to one another. And um, I don't want to spoil too much, but things didn't necessarily go the way that Logan would have liked. And I ended up um, uh, staying in touch with him and seeing him even after that that program ended. And um, just so impressed with his maturity and how he has handled uh, adversity. And so this is a guy who has been playing at the top level uh, for his age in this country for a long time. And now he's at Stanford continuing to excel. And uh, so he got on the phone with me uh, on Sunday night. Uh, Again, this is him in season right before the national tournament as he was running to get some dinner and go to church. And he had time to share. And whether you are a sports fan or not, whether you're a soccer fan or not, um, please give this interview a listen. Uh, Such a great, uh, not only talented, but mature and thoughtful young man as he talks about uh, adversity in the way that all of us can relate to it. And for you soccer fans and you athletes out there, um, just pay attention as, as Logan talks about his mental approach to the game. We really get into that. Um, ideas and tips for parents and coaches, uh, and especially for just athletes and players of how to prepare and how to deal with the difficulties. And so uh, such a fun interview. But before we do that, just a reminder to make sure you check out at Live Yes And on social media or my website, liveyesand.com. I am doing my 52 weeks of living in the fast lane blog. You can check that out on my website and uh, all the other fun stuff going on, including Rack Friday, which is coming up Friday, November 23rd. We're turning Black Friday into Rack Friday. There you have it. Those are my shameless plugs for this episode. There is my cell phone that I forgot to mute. Let's jump in with Logan. Episode 112, Win Your Moment with Logan Pancho. How is everything going out in Stanford? Everything's going well. Um, classes, soccer, it's all moving along, man. Well, good. Um, we are recording this here. Uh, what is this? This is November 11th. Uh, this should be live here in a couple of days for people who are listening. And so you guys just won the uh, the Pac-12 championship again. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Now, do you guys have a, uh, a conference championship tournament or do you guys just wait to go into the uh, the NCAA tournament? 
So yeah, we'll be watching tomorrow on the uh, selection show, but Pac-12 is a little different. It's uh, There's six teams in it, and you play each team home and away, so it's more like a league setup. There's mm-hmm. no conference tournament. All right, excellent. So, so now, so the big announcement is tomorrow. So, by the time I post this, probably tomorrow or the next day, we'll know who you're playing and where you'll be. Yeah. Yeah, and and for the listeners, now you guys are the defending. Actually, what is it? Is it three time defending national champion at this point? Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's uh, that's the word on the street. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about that a little bit. So now this is this is your sophomore season. And, um, and so uh, two of those championships came uh, before you got there, but you come in as a freshman last year, and uh, you guys were able to get it done again. So, so tell us what that was like to, uh, to be a main contributor for a national championship team. Uh, I mean, it's something that, looking back on it, you can say that, but in the moment it's more like, how can I contribute each day at practice and each day in the game? Um, I think last year... Obviously, everyone comes in bright-eyed, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, wanting to get playing time. Uh, not everyone does. I was lucky enough to earn a spot. Uh, and then just kind of try to take it from there. Had a lot of tough games, a lot of tough moments. But, I mean, when it came down to it, you just keep playing the game you love and trying to have fun with it and trying to help the team in every way you can. Um, but, yeah, to contribute to that team and to, to that national championship is something I'll remember forever. Um, there's a lot, a lot of things about the season I'll remember forever, but... Obviously, that's probably the one that'll stick with me the most prominently. And another special thing about that national championship, uh, which I'm sure is, is bittersweet in some ways, is that what are the odds that you end up playing against your brother in that national championship game? Tell us about that. Yeah, um, that was that's crazy. I mean, you see the bracket when it gets drawn, ah, the only chance we have to meet is in the final, and you're like wow, all right, what are the chances? So we don't talk, we don't talk, we just keep playing these games, and it gets closer and closer, and suddenly <laughs> I found myself in Philadelphia about to play my brother in the national final. And I was like, wow, what a moment this is for my family. You know, my, my parents were sitting on the fifth, on the halfway line, just like not knowing what to do. It's a win-win situation for them, but it's also a lose-lose. So you're like, oh, what do they want, what do they want? But, you know, it was just special to see him on the field, say what's up to him on such a stage, and then, a few days later, see him at home uh, for Christmas. So, <laughs> with with lifetime bragging rights. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens this year. It may not be lifetime. <laughs> now, now, as as he graduated, or is he still playing? No, he's on the team this year, and they're having a stellar season. Um, they just won the Big Ten, and then they just wrapped up the Big Ten tournament today. Actually, so they're buzzing. Um, yeah, they're a good team. I mean, Indiana's always a good team. Sanford's yeah. always a good team. So, yeah, maybe we'll meet again. You never know. I'm not going to look that far ahead. But, sure, sure. Yeah. So for you now, you get you coming back. Um, uh, you coming back. You come back as a sophomore. You guys come back again with the with the bullseye, the target of being a, a three time, you know, uh, defending national champion. And you find out pretty early on that uh, uh, you were named captain of the team. So so tell me what that was like. Yeah, um, I mean, what an honor. It was so unexpected for me as a sophomore, definitely. I just think that me getting the armband was just something that I think I brought it to practice every day in the offseason. And you saw, like, obviously during the games, you know, that you have to have a vocal leader. I think I try to talk at the right times, but not too much. But the thing is, there's always so many leaders on the field. Um, I, just because you wear an armband doesn't mean you can't, can't lead if you don't have one. So... 
Yeah, it's a huge honor for me. Um, kind of been turbulent captain first uh, season as a captain with injuries and whatnot, but looking to get back and prove my worth in a few days. Well, Logan, I think this is, I mean, this is a great, I think, uh, subject or question, uh, especially with, um, you know, players who are listening to this interview and, and what coaches and parents who are listening to this interview. I think the the idea of, of a captain and what a captain looks like and what a captain does, I think, has often been uh, maybe misconstrued over the years. Um, when you think of yourself sort of in that captain role, you know, what are the, what are some of the, the, the qualities or characteristics that you're conscious of that you're trying to do as the captain? Um, for me, I'm a people person. So I really try to try to try to get to know my, my teammates and, and realize and try to figure out what, how can I affect them as a player and a person to get the best out of them? Because, you know, some people may respond well to someone yelling at them when they make a mistake, but other people, they, they don't respond well to that. So for me, it's all about knowing how knowing little details about the personalities and idiosyncrasies of your teammates um, and trying to get what's best out of them in any way you can. Um, but first and foremost, you got to worry about yourself, right? But I think, I think I've been learning to get the capacity to do try to make others better too. So I think that's one of the biggest things being a captain, but also a big part of being a captain is leading by example. Yeah. So I think that's, those are the two biggest things for me. And so you've got obviously the, the work that you're doing on the field in, in your play and in the communication and things like that, but you mentioned dealing with injuries and then, and then there's also just all of the time away from the game um, off of the field as well. How has that changed from you being a freshman and essentially just worrying about yourself to you sort of being a sophomore and, and having to be more in that leadership position? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say the leadership position, you have to figure out little things like making sure everyone's showing up to team meals and making sure everyone's doing what they need to do the day before a game, little things like that. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, I like none of us have to change much, especially I mean, I didn't have to change much in the transition. It's just more keep doing what you're doing. That's why I, I earned it, so that's why I, I continue to do what I do, you know? So, uh, looking, let, let's look back at the, let's say, I, I'm assuming for you, really, it's sort of been like the last eight years, eight years or longer, where you've really, uh, you've been playing sort of, you know, you've been playing at a very sort of high level, whether it's the, uh, the youth national team level, um, what was it? Is it U14, the, the youngest that you sort of get pulled into pulled into that system? Yeah, I think it was U14 all the way all the way through. So, yeah. And so what was that like for you? What, I, I imagine was a 13-year-old kind of getting pulled in for the first time and, and, yeah. and, and playing? Yeah, I remember receiving that invitation and my dad being stoked and my mom being like, this kid's going to fly to California alone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, I think... Growing up as an individual and being able to do things on my own made me into what I am today. I know living away from home for two and a half years um, in Florida in the residency program where I got to know you, that definitely shaped who I was. I uh, went through some ups and downs there, and you know that's what it's all about for me. How are you going to make adverse moments your strongest ones? And when you're with people uh, that are just as good as you, more, more often than not better than you, it makes you better as well. Yeah, and talk about that just a little bit. You know, there you are, uh, again, from such a young age, uh, playing at the highest level, which is extremely competitive. And um, and how do you find that balance uh, between, 
the camaraderie of becoming close friends with the guys that you are uh, playing with, but at the same time, there's that idea of like, well, man, I, I, I still need to earn my spot on this team. So there's that competition component as well. So how do, how do you balance that? I think the best way to find that balance is just, that's tough. Because, yeah, you, you definitely have those rivalries within the team at, at the highest level, you know? Everyone wants to be on the field. Everyone wants to make a difference in whatever way they can. But I think the way to strike that balance is, you know, always worry about yourself and make sure if, you, if you're if you going to get a spot, it's because you earn it. You know, it's not because someone else messes up. Or, but there are instances where, like, if someone gets hurt, you got to be ready to step up. Right. And you may be a little happy about that deep down, but that's not you know you're ready for it it's not because it's not because you're you're happy they got injured but it's because you know you're ready right right and so you know i think the idea that i know you know working with the youth teams that i work with especially is sort of that idea of you know uh, you should want to go out each day and you know and kick each other's butt at practice but at the same time you should want them to do the same thing to you so that you're constantly pushing each other to become as good as you can become exactly i remember Honestly, this is from you, the, the Ubuntu lesson you gave us, you know. Yes. You have, you have to go out to practice every day and be at your best, and you're only going to get to your best if the person next to you is at their best, and it just creates an effect in high-performing environments where where people become the best version of themselves because they're in an environment where every person wants to win. Yeah, yeah. I think, And I think when every person on the team understands that, that's when you get a high-performing environment that continues to win. I want to follow up with that to uh, college is different than the pros, man. You know, you can, you, you build kind of a little bit of a dynasty in the pros. A lot of those players you can, are, are staying there for a while. College, you're cycling in new players, you know, every year. And obviously the longest you're going to be able to stay is four years. So um, how, how has, uh, how has Stanford as a program continued to bring these young guys in, um, you know, get them playing at a top level so early where you guys can continue to compete, you know, for national championships. Yeah, so that's um. I think the coaches do a great job of recruiting like-minded people that wanna that wanna do their the best for themselves, but also the team. Um, but more than that, we have a a good culture here that that just it's clear on what you need to do as a player and as a person and as a student. And I think everyone just is accountable for what what they do day in and day out, and that creates the environment that we strive to have here. Um, one that demands high performing on and off the field. And and now just to go back a little bit, uh, Logan, you were you were mentioning just obviously having to deal with some of the adversity and challenges of of, of playing uh, at a high level. Now, obviously, you know the time that I got to know you is when you were with the U seventeen program there um, in Bradenton, Florida, and um, and obviously knowing that things didn't necessarily go the way that you would have scripted them during that time. What what can you sort of say or share about that experience? Yeah, um, just a little background on the experience. I moved to Florida as a freshman, uh, away from my family, to train with some of the best kids in the nation at the residency program. Uh, worked my hardest day in and day out. Um, always tried to put my best foot forward. Uh, made a few rosters, got left off a few rosters, and then I ended up not going to qualifying or the World Cup, which is honestly heartbreaking for me to this day but the way i see it is that you know it sucks having worked that hard uh getting up at 6 every morning being with these guys that got to travel seeing all their stuff on social media that sucks but when it comes down to it it kind of defined me my character like 
just because one thing doesn't go right doesn't mean you can't make something else go even better. So now I find myself at a great university and a great program, just won a national championship. Uh, and, you know, that's because I was able to respond to disappointment. Um, yeah, being left off that World Cup roster definitely was like, well, I just spent two and a half years and I didn't even reach the goal that I set when I came down here. But yeah. it was like, how can I turn this into something good? And I find myself in such a great situation now. I don't think anything was negative about that experience. I think it made me a better person and a better player for sure. I just, I just want to slow that down just for a second, Logan, because I think what, what, what you're saying, I wish I could get, you know, every parent, every, every, you know, athlete, every kid to listen to, because um, obviously you've got such a, a positive outlook. Uh, your response has been so positive, but to, but obviously, you know, th- this was, you know, I, I can only imagine, right, to use the word devastating, sort of a de- devastating disappointment when. Because to be so close to something that that is that important to you and then to sort of, you know, kind of have that rug pulled out from underneath you, you know, how how did you initially deal with the disappointment and and how quickly would you say you were able to sort of move on and, and, and just keep working? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. I would say when I saw the roster on the door, my heart dropped, obviously. Um, yeah. Pretty vivid feeling for me. Um, I remember going back to my room and just sitting there like, well, what does this mean? This means I'm not going, right? Um, so it took time for me to recover from that. I flew home in the next few days, um, had to sit at home and watch the games, watch some of my best friends compete. And, you know, it really did suck. But when it came down to it, I wasn't going to just dig myself a deeper hole. I was like, how, how, how do I respond to this to make it better? So I kept working hard. Kept getting better as a player and a person. Keep building my mental strength because it was tough on me. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it, the pain never goes away. I still think about it I'm like, wow, I really wish I could have went on that roster. I really think I could have helped those guys do better than they did. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it's all about how can I word this? It's about, hmm. I just remember going home, having to watch those games, being bogged down just having a conversation with my dad and my mom, like, and they just made me realize, you know, one roster doesn't define you, one not make, achieving one goal doesn't define you. You see all the time that people that are amazing at things fail all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. So how you, I'll, I'll fail many more times in my life, but it's all about what's next, what's next. Like your philosophy, yes and. So I didn't make the roster. What, what happens next, you know? Yeah, yeah, which you and I both know it's a whole, it's a whole lot easier said than done, right? Absolutely, yeah. There was definitely nights where I didn't sleep just thinking about it. You know, there's there's definitely those nights, but that's what makes you stronger, I think. Well, and tell, and I know it's always tough for for an individual to sort of talk about sort of their own individual mental aspect of the game or just their own mental aspect in general but for you when you when you look at your own uh mental toughness for you to go through that for you to 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 continue to be successful and excel at a high level um how would you sort of describe your mental game and 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 where do you think that comes from um i would describe my mental game as live in the moment but once that moment's over what's next yeah you know? so you never you can't dwell on mistakes or successes it's it's, it's one and the same really you always got to think about what's next because 
I don't think you you never unless you continuously, you know, try to try to be the best in every situation you're in. If you're dwelling on mistakes, getting complacent about successes, then you won't get to where you want to be. Unless you're you could just can never be content with where you're at. I would say my mentality is one that is just hmm, how do I word it? It's just next play, you know. No matter if it's school or soccer, it's just okay. That's over. What's next? Yeah. And so I, I've always wanted to, you know, I've, you know, I'm sure the technology will be there at some point where we'll be able to uh, <laughs> hear the thoughts of the player during a game. But, but give us your best version of um, in the flow of the game, uh, you're playing the game. What are the what are the few things that you are focusing on that you're thinking about, sort of moment to moment while you're on the field? On the field, there's not much thinking that goes on in my head. You know, they talk about in psychology classes the red brain, mm-hmm. the green brain, and the gold brain. Um, so the gold brain is is when you're performing at your highest level. You're not thinking about things. You're just you're just putting into putting in what you practice every day. So on the field, I don't think I think too much. I think there's moments when you think, and you got to um, kind of coach yourself through things. Like say you make an errant pass that goes out of bounds, you got to say, all right, that's over. What's what's next? You know. But also, you know, there are definitely times in the practice field where you got to learn. So say I, I'm playing right back and the winger t- takes a touch past me. I try to block the cross and I don't. So I can slow down then in practice and say, all right, what could I have done differently in that play to block his cross or make sure he goes backwards, you know? Yeah. Uh, off the field, maybe whether it's, whether it's halftime, whether it's, whether it's postgame or pregame, what, what, are, what are the different things that you start to think about and focus on to get yourself mentally ready? Yeah, so different things I think about is I always just think about what I'm going to do well, whether it's uh, visualizing it or, or just saying it in my head. What, what are my strengths? What can I do? What can I do better than anyone else? Uh, for me, I think that depending on where I'm playing on the field, it's my crossing. It's my just willingness to compete and get into tackles. It's my willingness to just, just keep going no matter, no matter what's going to happen. So I always tell myself that I have a few cornerstones that everyone should have. You should play to your strengths. I think that's that's one thing. Don't don't think about before the game. You shouldn't be thinking about things you're not good at. You should be thinking about things you are good at. Yeah. Well, you mentioned visualization. Uh, you know, uh, is do you have a routine? Is there any specific routine that you have either uh, the night before a game or the morning before a game that uh, that, that are sort of non-negotiable? You have to do them. Yeah. So. I think the night before a game, I lay in bed and I think about the game, uh, visualize myself. Or, you know, I, I try to always know what color jersey we're wearing, what color jersey the other team's wearing, so I can make it real in my head, um, make it as real as possible. And then I think about what I'm going to do well. I think about what challenges I might face and how I'm going to cope with them. And then before the game in the locker room, I'll sit in my locker, close my eyes, go behind my jersey, and just visualize it and be in the moment for about a few minutes, and then I'll come out of there and ready to go, knowing what I have to do. Fantastic, yeah. And I know when you, you were talking about sort of what your your sort of mental thoughts are during the game you talked about, it's just sort of being in the moment and staying in the moment, which is a great transition into winning your moment. Uh, so uh, that's a nice little plug for you. So tell everyone about uh, tell everyone about win your moment, wow, you and your brother, and, um, and, and what that's all about, what that's all about. So I'm uh, I'm really into clothing. Um, I love to love to just I don't know look cool, however you want to say it. So 
I've always been into sneaker releases, new cleats, new boots, new, new, always loving to go shopping and stuff, new clothes. So I decided to, and I'm always sketching stuff, you know, I'm always, I, I've always been drawing shoes, drawing shirts, trying to draw logos and whatnot. So I decided to make it, make it a reality. And I, I worked to make a clothing company that I, uh, am looking to build, um, in the, in the coming years. Um, it's more of a hobby right now just because I don't have too much time to spend on it. But created a, created a little clothing brand that I try to instill my mental philosophy within the brand and just kind of highlight customer moments and things like that. Yeah, we can talk about it more. What else do you want to know about it? <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, well how, can, how can people uh, find out more about it? Well, if you go, we can go to our website, winyourmoment.clothing. We also have an Instagram. Um, it's called Win Your Moment as well. You can check it out there. Um, yeah, just a small clothing brand right now. And I saw, you know, I saw, I don't know, he maybe he was recognizable. I wasn't sure. Maybe on an Instagram feed. I don't know. Some guy he plays in Germany. Was he wearing some of the gear? Yeah, yeah. So obviously Christian's one of those guys that's that I got to train with. The guy who's way better than me at soccer and made me a better player. Um, so yeah, he's, he's worn it a few times. I gave him some stuff, so he, he, he reps the mentality more than anything, though. And I know I know you're being modest about uh, your relationship with Christian. Um, I know you guys are good buddies. Uh, what what has that been like for you, Logan? Because I mean, obviously you guys have known each other, you've been friends, you've been playing playing the game together for for years. Um, is it a relationship that you guys stay in contact enough where you're talking about games, you're talking about soccer? You know, what's that look like for you? Yeah, you know, he's one of those friends I have that we don't have to talk every day, to stay tight. So we'll get on FaceTime maybe once a week or so, just catch up, uh, talk about what what what, uh, what 20-year-old guys talk about, you know. We'll talk about soccer, we'll talk about whatever, you know, girls, friends, whatever, talk about all that. So, yeah, we're, we're close buddies, but it's not like, it's not like, um, it's a good relationship, you know. I consider him my, one of my best friends, um, even though I never see him, really. We see each other maybe once a year, something like that. Well, you know, that group that you played with there um, in Florida that I was, uh, you know, um, uh, honored enough just to get to, to work with you guys during that time, we were laughing before we started, and I, I just did a score check here, um, and uh, our good buddy Tyler, Tyler Adams of uh, the Red Bulls, they are up now three to nothing, and uh, they, should, they should be through here, but, you know, going back to that group, you know, um, you know, you, you, you obviously Christian, you got Tyler Adams, you got Wes McKinney. Um, uh, just a, obviously a special, talented group of guys. What does the future look like for you as you as you start to think about next steps? Yeah, next steps um, is junior and senior year. Uh, I never like to think too far ahead. We'll see what happens. Um, obviously, my dream is to play professionally, but I'm very committed to getting my degree here at this great university and enjoying my time here, uh, making relationships and, and learning in class. So I'm happy where I'm at. But next steps, you know, it's always the dream. You never, you never know what can happen. Um, I'll definitely pursue a professional career, but I'm not sure what path it's going to be yet. Yeah, right. And so one thing I wanted to ask you, Logan, is, I mean, you grew up uh, uh, in your, your club soccer started in St. Louis, which is kind of fun. We've got a nice, you know, sort of uh, connection there. Uh, shout out to the uh, St. Louis Gallagher family, right? Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> um, as well as the... Uh, um, uh, the Kellers and, and all the crew that we, we mutually know together. Um, 
So you, uh, when we think about youth soccer and you think about all the aspects of youth soccer, the good and the bad, um, the coaching, uh, the good and the bad, the parents, the good and the bad, you know, for someone who has come out of the club system and when you think about sort of the, the good coaches, the good youth coaches that you've had, um, for anyone who is, who is, you know, in the coaching profession, especially at the youth level, what do you see as the really important, you know, skills that, that coaches should be focusing on? Ooh. I'm going to put, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put you in an, I'm putting you in an advisor role, man. Well, you know, especially at the youth level, I, I, I'm, we're not, we're not going to have your, you know, your, your, you're not critiquing your college coach yet, but at the youth, at the youth level. I'll just talk about some of the things that I think, coaches have done for me that really really made a difference for me um i think just being clear on what you expect of your players i think that's big um i think having certain standards like you need to show up to practice at least 15 to 30 minutes early make sure they're in the right state for practice so you can always get the most out of practice i think stress little things like taking care of your body diet um even if everyone doesn't listen i still think that Putting the message across will make a difference to a few people. Yeah. Um, on the field, I think at the younger ages, it's, it should be all about individual development, um, making strengths stronger and making weaknesses a little better. Um, and then I think it's very beneficial to always have something fun happen in practice. You know, we've all had that coach where you just worked on your, your, defensive shape for an hour and a half and then go home and those kind of bog the players down honestly so if you have a session like that i would say make a little fun drill at the end that has to do with volleys from the top of the box or something like that yeah just to keep them in a good mood you know because it's all about yeah and another thing is stress um stress culture i think in the locker room i think one thing i've noticed is individual players they're individuals but the way they act reflects reflects on everyone's you know if you have one guy that's always ready for practice and always willing to put in the work it's going to bounce off bounce off him onto another player who will be more willing to do it so if someone's not bouncing off bad bad vibes you know address it be like look you being late to practice isn't helping us you not wanting to sprint to pressure the ball is 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 sending a bad message to the whole team and for the parents, for the parents who are listening, um, you obviously were blessed uh, with a couple of uh, amazing parents. I've had the had the honor to, had the honor to meet your dad. Uh, little known fact for everyone that's listening, I have had all of two book talks uh, for my book, and Logan was at one of them. So yeah, that uh, that puts you in rare uh, <laughs> rare group of people, Logan. <laughs> Well, what did your parents do, Logan, that, um, you know, when you look back, sort of just the influence that they had on you? Yeah. Um, you know, as I meet more and more parents, I, I keep realizing how lucky I am. Um, but I would say my dad was a guy who, who was always there for me but set high standards, you know. He, and when I didn't meet the standards, he didn't, he didn't bark at me, he didn't yell at me. But he let me figure it out, you know? Yeah. It was, it was like that. And my mom always, she's like, she's always loving and always my number one fan, you know? She's, 
she's like, she would be loud on the sidelines, but it would be like, go Loki's, things like that, you know? <laughs> and my dad would be the guy that, like, he'll talk to me after the game, say, oh, what'd you do well? What do you think you did well? And if he had strong thoughts, he'd say, I think you should try this, or try this. And I think when you have a have parents like that, that, that don't just yell at you or, or get angry at you or just not pay attention to you, you, you really do take into account their, their thoughts, and I really do think it helps. But more than that, they, they instilled in me values that have obviously stuck with me. Um, if you start something, you finish it. I think that's big. If things aren't going your way, you can always find a way to make it better. Um, and just having, having two people that you can confide in um, and know you can talk to about anything, I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, I love you. Got you've got uh, the supportive mom, and you have the dad that uh, <clears throat> set high standards, but at the same time, uh, let you take ownership of the experience. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, and that, so now, Logan, I know we're we're almost out of time here. You've been gracious enough to to sneak this in uh, as you guys get ready for the tournament. You're trying to eat. You're trying to get to church and all that good stuff. Um, Give us, give us one secret. Give us one player secret. You've got, uh, you've got, you know, kids and players who are listening to this, and and everyone. It, it's easy to become enamored with when when you just see high talent and think, oh, I could never be, I could never be that good. For you, what is what is something that you sort of consider sort of a competitive edge for yourself that isn't necessarily your skill level. Mm. I gave you a good one to end on. Yeah, so I'll give you how I try to live my life every day. And it goes along with the, the message I try to get across in my clothing company. I think this is more than just an athletic advice. It's, I think it applies to everything. Um, but I would say do your best to treat life as a collection of moments. Because I truly believe that if you make a habit of winning each moment that, that you're presently in, that you'll get to where you want to be. And realize that you're not always going to gonna win the mo- win your moment, but you, you should always strive to win the moment. So, so say I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm playing soccer, right? I'm on the field in an athletic sense. Um, I'm playing right back, and I get the chance to, to – the winger's running at me, and he beats me and gets a cross off. I lost that moment, right? Mm-hmm. but the next moment is coming. So he's running at me again, and I block his cross. I won that moment. Yeah. And if I win more than I lose, you know, I'm going to end up where I want to be. But in life, even like setting down my phone for an hour to, to get some homework done, I won my moment when I did that. Or maybe I cut time out of my day to, you know, go up to my grandparents' house to, to talk to them. Um, I think just little things like that, if you can make a habit of winning your moments, then you'll end up where you want to be. I love it. I love it. And then the next moment, and then the next moment, and then the next moment. Fantastic. Perfect way. Perfect way to end. Um, Logan, man, thank you so much. Oh, I, I and you did share uh, a Win Your Moment sweatshirt with me. I've been waiting to do this podcast so that um, uh, I can have a, uh, a giveaway for it. So uh, all the listeners... Um, you know, check social media for Live Yes And. We'll be doing a Win Your Moment sweatshirt giveaway. Uh, so, Logan, thanks so much. Um, get your food, get your church, get some rest, and good luck as you guys uh, start the national tournament.
Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time, Travis. Hey, brother. I appreciate it, man. Best of luck to you. All right. Sounds good.